Good morning. Um, good to see you all. Um, my name is Andy O'Connell, part of the uh, leadership team here for the region of churches. Um, and it's just great to be here this morning. Um, we're talking, um, as you can see from there, about family on mission. That's been my title this morning. We're in a series entitled One Body, Many Parts, looking at the life of the church. And this morning we come to look at the place of missional communities in our church. Now, I'm very grateful to the foundation Eileen Elmit laid a few weeks back when she spoke on God, God Loves Family. Is any, any of you here for that one? You might remember the curry, the great curry. If you don't remember what Eileen spoke, you might remember the curry. Yeah? In fact, she was slightly rude to me. I was hoping she'd be here so I could get my own back, but she's not here, unfortunately. She's on KST, so that will have to wait for another day. Um, actually, it's, it's great to be part of family. And um, uh, before Ruth and I were married, Ruth actually lived with Keith and I for a few, a few months. And we've been kind of walking together for 30 years. That's, that's family. Uh, it's sharing life. It's sharing time. It's sharing the good times and the bad times. And, and it was some, for me, there was something of that family quality that drew me into the church when I was a student. I'd come from a more traditional church background. And there's something about the quality of family life I'm not particularly speaking about a natural family. I'm talking about the quality of relationships in the church that, that it authenticated the message. I thought this gospel is true. It's about there's a community here. There's a, the gospel births a community and it helped me grow. It helped me grow my faith. Um, and so that is, that is family. I tell that story really by way of saying this is what we're talking about this morning is not new by any means. We'll be looking at the scriptures later and we'll see this is not a new theme. This is a very old theme. Um, it is part of our DNA as a family of churches, but it's also something that needs refreshing, we believe, and we're going to be talking about that this morning. Um, we've been on a journey as a church for about five years, since 2009, looking at this whole thing of missional communities. And on that journey, we've been hugely helped by other churches. This is not something slightly odd that we're doing. This is a movement. This is something God is doing across his church, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I... This morning we're going to be looking at a whole number of stories. Various people will be coming up from our own church just to tell little bits of stories. And we're going to look at one or two video clips and tell some stories from other situations. So our first video clip um, is about seeing church uh, as family. It's a couple of, just a couple of speakers at a conference. Um, stick with it. It looks, it looks like it might be a little bit dull. But actually they, the humor is great. I just love the humor in it. And they really have a bit of fun. Let me just ask you a question before we get into that. Who here came to church this morning? Yeah, 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 okay. Right, here we go. Can you imagine if you defined your family as a weekly meeting? <laughs> now, some of you would go like, that'd be an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> and how many of you in your family tried the weekly family meeting? That's super fun for the kids, right? <laughs> this is family fun night, dang it, come on! <laughs> Start it really young, so all that absurd stuff feels like normal to them. You know, so. and this is this is really important because people are prone in the church to a dualistic thinking of the church. So they see church as something when they're at Sunday for two hours. That's church, and when they go home, that's their life. The interesting thing is, is when you start a missional community, even for us, as much as we were trying to get away from the idea that church is all about Sunday, though we do gather on Sundays, our missional communities come together, um, though we made it so clear, you are the church, you are the church, we are the church all the time, they'd start a missional community and then they would just replace it and go, I'm going to my missional community tonight. 
And we go, well, like, do you, is that like, like you're going to it or are you it? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, you're doing that we are the church thing again. I'm like, yeah, I am doing that. Because this, <laughs> this is our broken record in Soma. Yeah. Like, oh. We say this like probably two or three Sunday mornings a month. Hey, if you, came, if you came to church this morning, we're really glad you're here. You never get to go to church again. Either the church or you're not. So thanks for being here and gathering as the family of God. And it's an awesome thing to be. It's a high calling. So, and on we go. So that's like our broken record. You can't go to church. I mean, Jeff's kids will be like, you know, where are you going? We're going to the building where the church goes to be together, you know. <laughs> My daughter, she's like really self-righteous. You know, we've got to work on that. But she'll be like, Mom will say, let's go to church. She goes, Mom, we don't go to church. We are the church. <laughs> Right. Way but to think go. about You're how bad mom. theology that is, yeah. and we all say it. Hey, let's let's go to church, and we all say it. It's the worst theology. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. And some people think, well, that's just that's just a matter of semantics. Yeah, and your words tell you what you believe. So I don't care if it's a matter of semantics. Your words state what you believe. So when you believe that you are the church, and you go, man, I can't wait to go gather with the church. Can't wait to meet with the family. You know, so that's the language we use. Uh, you know, I have a family meeting every Thursday night with my missional community. And it's a family meeting. We get together and we're loving on each other. We care for each other. And sometimes that family meeting gets translated into, we've got some people coming to the table to eat with us that don't know Jesus and we're going to start telling them about him for the next ten weeks. So it's just a, it, it seems subtle. It's not. And when we say a missional community, we are certainly not meeting two hours of meeting. We are talking about a group of people who realign their lives radically for the sake of the gospel. Hear that. Radically reorient your life around the gospel as a community. That's the goal. Okay? But it's not primarily a weekly meeting. It's a community. It's a family of missionaries out serving their culture, continually learning how to do that. Very good. Um, that's what we believe for 30 years, you know. That's why we call ourselves community churches. <laughs> we believe in community, and that's how we want to build church today. And so with that just in mind as a bit of an introduction, we're going to look at missional communities. And as I, as I came to think around missional communities, I thought it's a bit like describing the human body. Um, you could pick a whole bunch of different images to describe the human body, and it probably depends a little bit with the way you think about things. You could take the kind of you know, the Leonardo picture in the top there, measuring key characteristics. You could look at the insides of the body. You could look at what the body can do on its own. Or you could look at how the body relates to others. There's a sense of relationship. And actually, we need to look at all of those things. And we're going to just go through fairly quickly this morning, look at a number of different sort of pictures of missional communities to form that view. The last thing I want to say by way of introduction is that missional community is not the point, but it helps. Missional community is not the point, but it helps. Missional community is simply a vehicle to help us get somewhere. Where we want to get to is family on mission. That's, the, that's what we want the church to feel like. That's what we want these groups to be like. Um, missional community is a bit like scaffolding to help us build something. All right? It's temporary. It's, it's, the scaffolding is not important. It's where, what we're building that is important. Missional community is a bit like learning to drive. When you're learning to drive, there are certain things you do that help you develop good habits and ways of thinking. As a driver, you want, to, you want to get to the point where you can drive instinctively without having to think about it too much. But actually, missional community helps us get there. We're learning together, and we're going to stress that as we go through. So, five um, characteristics of a missional community. The first three of these could apply to any small group in any church, and I'm going to move through fairly quickly those three. And then I want to talk a little bit more about two that make missional communities different. 
Um, first of all, we, something we call up in out. You've probably seen this already. You've probably heard Steve talk about it. Up is about the passionate spirituality, cultivating that vital relationship with God. Um, in radical community, I like to put it this way, relationships that do us good, right? relationships that are good for us. We're not just friendly when we go to church meetings, but these are relationships that do us good and change us. Um, and out is missional living, a community that overflows to its wider community. And this is not just some kind of checklist in a triangle to help us remember it, but there's something about the interconnection and balance of these things that we could, we could talk about. If we just emphasize passionate spirituality, for example, we'd become a bit kind of weird and super spiritual or something. If we just emphasize radical community, we'd become this kind of sectarian, closed community. These are not not what God is after. So up in out is a helpful characteristic of missional communities. The second characteristic we just want to talk about is sustainable rhythms. And we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but sustainability is to do with a lifestyle, a pattern of life that is sustainable. It, we can keep doing it. It doesn't kill us. Um, it's, 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 it's something we can, we can do. And in this regard, I want to just draw draw out something here. We, when we talk about family and mission, we sometimes use these three, we, we could perhaps put three, the words together in three ways, family or mission. And this was the kind of church I grew up in. Um, we had a really great sense of family as a church. Mission was kind of something else. It was something we did extra sometimes. Or if people got bored with the church, they went and did it with some kind of mission agency or something. It was family or mission. They were kind of separate, separate things. Um, Family and mission is perhaps how some of us feel at certain points. We try and do both, and it all feels a bit clunky and, and um, overlapping and just ah, too much. I want to suggest that family on mission is the way we should be thinking about it. Um, doing mission as, as our church family, not, not seeing it as something extra to add into a busy, hectic schedule, but missional family. Let me give you a couple examples from my natural family. These are we'll talk a little bit later about some examples from our church family but a few years back I got involved um, as a scout leader Um, I've been working for the church now for 20 years and I just thought I need to get out (laughs) I need to get out more Um, and and for me being a male activist I needed something which was structured and and I had to go and do it so it was a lot a a structure of getting out and become and through becoming a scout leader um now, it could have been, and at times it perhaps feels like something extra to add into family life, but what we try and do is make it part of family life. So some of my kids are involved with it. Last week we had, a, had an event. Uh, Ruth came and got involved and met people. And it's about meeting people and seeing what God wants to do with those relationships. We try and make it part of family life rather than an extra add-on that is something in my diary. Ruth um, is it, enjoys craft stuff, so she has people around the house sometimes she goes to a craft group rather than seeing it as something extra the kids get our kids get involved as well it's something we do as a family it's not an extra it's part of family life i'm just trying to illustrate family on mission is the way to go it's it's part of family life and we'll talk a little bit later about how this works but i want you to remember that phrase family on mission rather than one of the other ones um the third characteristic of missional communities is leadership. What we, what we want, if we're talking about family, we need leaders that behave like parents. Okay? Now, this is not a couple thing. Jesus was single, wasn't he? So, so this is not a couple thing. But um, we, want, we want leaders that set an atmosphere 
part of my job as a parent is to set an atmosphere in my family with, with Ruth. The atmosphere we want in our mission community is family on mission. My, part, of my, part of our job is to lead our family into mission. And to, in, in the case of our natural family, we want to nurture and train our kids. That's just the same in mission community. We want, we want leaders that are parent-like in terms of how they lead um, and create family. That's a whole topic in itself. We're just going to move on for the moment. Those are three things that you could say, well, that applies to any group in most churches. Let's look at this fourth one. Missional communities should be in the... In a, a sort of 20 to 40 age, uh, not age, size, size band, 20 to 40, I'll be quiet. This is, now, so, some of, I'm going to talk about this one a little bit more. Some of you might think this is a bit odd, or why are they saying that? There is a strong consensus amongst those in the wider missional community movement. I said earlier, we're in a, a wider movement of various different kinds of churches that, that are doing this thing. Size matters, right? There's something about relearning the dynamics of these mid-sized groups that is really critical. One um, one of the main leaders uh, in the wider movement says this. This is something the Spirit of God is doing to restore the church's ability to function fruitfully in discipleship and mission, the way the early church did, publicly living out our faith in networks and neighborhoods of our cities. We firmly believe this is the make-or-break issue for the Western church. The make-or-break. It's a strong statement. We will not see God's dream for the world come true unless we learn how to function as extended families on mission. Missional communities help us relearn how to do this. That's a strong statement. I'm just going to try and look at why that is, uh, why we believe that these mid-sized groups are important. Let's get the, get the Bible out. Um, I had to find a paper Bible this morning. I'm used to looking on my phone, but I thought I'd better get a paper Bible. It's a bit easier. So. Um, let's, let's go to Genesis 12, please. This is the f- one of the first... Um, points in the Bible where we we read about family and God's purposes. Genesis 12. Genesis 12, 1. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your family and your relatives and go to the land that I show you. I will bless you and make your descendants, your family into a great nation. You will become famous and be a blessing to others. I will bless anyone who blesses you, but I will put a curse on anyone who puts a curse on you. Everyone on earth will be blessed because of you. Your, his family was blessed to be a blessing. The blessing of God comes to us as God's people, not for our own sort of comfort or just to do us good, although it does do that, but it's for others. It needs to be an overflowing blessing of God um, around us. Abraham was 75. That's interesting, isn't it? Good, you, know, you start, don't have to start young. He, Abraham was 75 when he, the Lord told him to leave the city. He, he obeyed and left with his wife, his nephew, and all the possessions and slaves they had. If you flick on to chapter 14, you'll see that they had hundreds. This, their family was not... We, we read that with our Western nuclear family eyes on and go, oh, that's Abraham, his wife, his nephew, and maybe one or two kids or something. But no, there's hundreds of them. I mean, you read in, in chapter 14, it talks about 300 fighting men amongst them. There must have been lots of others as well. So hundreds and hundreds. This is a big family. Um, blessed to be a blessing. That's a key phrase as we look at this whole thing of family on mission. God blesses us in our natural families. God blesses us in our church family. But that is for the blessing of others. Let's turn on to the New Testament. Acts 2. Um, you wouldn't expect me to go anywhere else, really, would you? Acts 2. Um, I'm going to start at verse 41. So this is um, 
day of Pentecost, actually. Entirely unplanned, but it's the day of Pentecost. Um, Acts 2.41. On that day, 3,000 believed the message and were baptized. So this, again, this is not a small thing. They spent their time learning from the apostles, and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Everyone was amazed by the many miracles and wonders that the apostles performed. All the Lord's followers often met together, and they shared everything they had. They would sell their property and possessions and give their money to whoever needed it. Day after day, they met together in the temple. They broke bread together in different homes and shared their food happily and freely. It's a picture here. We can sometimes go, oh, that's a nice picture of how it was then. That is supposed to be something of a blueprint for us of church life now. There is, some, there is the temple, but there's also the home, to, to use that, that sort of language they use there. And j- again, just to reinforce the, the importance of homes, homes were not a sort of secondary thing to the temple. The temple was the real action, and homes were kind of secondary, just a way of managing food or something. When you, if we flick on to chapter 8, we see that when Saul starts persecuting the church, it says he went from house to house arresting people. Saul saw the house, the house um, group, essentially, as the fundamental part of the church. That's where he started. We, we've got a number of weeds in our garden at the moment, trying to get rid of them. You can just pull the top off a couple of days later. They're back again, aren't they? It's very frustrating. You've got to get down and get the roots out. And it's almost like the, the, the house meetings were the roots for these plants. And Saul knew, Saul was wise enough to know that he had to get the roots out. He had to get around the houses and eradicate the Christians in the houses. That's the place, that's how important the home-based meetings were to, to the early church. Um, And whilst this might be a bit strange to us in the West, you know, we have a very much nuclear family, maybe one or two relatives who live around the corner, but a very sort of small idea of family. Most of the world, the vast majority of the world, you know, our, even our term extended family implies that we have a sort of nuclear view of family. For most of the world, family is just extended family. It's just, it's just that's the way it is. It's normal. Um, let me tell you a little story, uh, just by way of illustration. We used this a few weeks back. Some of you might remember this. Uh, this is a, little, a kind of story, a parable, if you will, of a modern extended family that are doing stuff together. The Smiths are a natural extended family that runs a family business together, a plumbing business. The whole extended family, the Smiths, some of the in-laws, various family friends who work for them, meet together for birthdays, Christmas, and other occasions. Different parts of the family work together either in the plumbing business or in a spin-off accountancy firm helping other small businesses. Many are active in the local community. Some of the family are very active, others are apprentices, and some of the older members, while not actively involved, are a very, a very useful source of information and family history. The family derive their identity, belonging, and security from the family, not from the different businesses they've tried. That's very important to us. The extended family is, a, is where we derive our identity, belonging, and security. A few years back, an attempt to start a plastering business failed because the market changed and the opportunity closed. It was disappointing, but the family is family. And the family regrouped and started the accountancy firm, which is now going very well. There's a picture. It's an imperfect picture. It's a slightly cheesy, imperfect picture. It shows extended family living life and being effective together. Relationship with purpose. Um, in one of our mission communities a couple of weeks back, we just to give a, a example of this, we, we had a there was a social in this in this um, in this mission community, and a couple of visitors came that had met um, 
some of the, the members of the mission community in, in a couple of ways. And so we had this essentially a church social, but it was an open church social, and there was other people there. And these, this, this family fitted in really well. There was enough people there. It was a big enough meeting, big enough event, that actually they felt comfortable. They were, if they'd come to a room of six people and um, had been sat around with us, it would have been a bit embarrassing probably, but there was a big enough event that they just mingled in and seemed to have a pretty good time. Um, that's, that's what we want. We want open, extended family. Um, the fifth thing I want to say about missional community characteristics is, is about a clear missional vision. Um, Georgina, are you here somewhere? Um, missional, I just want to say up front, um, missional communities are not simply a house group with a different name. Missional communities are not a ministry team, not a team that just runs something. And missional communities are not just a group that run a mission, a house group plus occasional mission. Missional communities are different, and I just want to, George, come on, I want to just talk to Georgina about that. So, um, Georgina, the mic, there's the mic. Uh, so, you're involved with Family Fun. Um, just tell us one sentence what is Family Fun? Uh, Family Fun, we put on a Tuesday uh, sort of playgroup for, I think we have about 60 mums and or dads and grandparents who come along. Um, and there's toys and there's fun and there's cake and there's coffee and it's all about building family with these guys and getting to know them and sharing God's wisdom and Brilliant. love with them. So if I said to you and to the, the team that run Family Fun, aren't you just running a ministry? What, 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 what would you answer to that? <laughs> I think if we were just running a ministry, I think we'd burn out really quickly because it's a sacrifice being there. Um, but actually, we are about... Sorry, I'm going to check my notes. Um, it's about... We're living a kind of lifestyle together, actually. A lot of what you've been saying about trying to um, push into God together and um, to be there for one another and to keep the vision as our kind of focus that is more than just putting on some fun time for these families. It's about reaching them with the gospel and being, I think, attentive and present to the Holy Spirit kind of all the way through. There's also a sense of mutual support because we are sort of looking out for one another, we're encouraging, um, challenging one another and um, helping one another be more bold to step out and share with these families and just, uh, yeah, speak God's truth to them. So um, we meet together uh, apart from just doing the the Tuesday morning thing. We meet um, twice a month to... uh, push into God together, to worship together, to pray together. And that's what fuels the mission that we're on. Brilliant. So um, how are you learning to do mission together? Uh, We're learning just to be friends with these families um, together. So these families are, they're not just seeing a one-to-one, they're seeing um, a a family together, working together, um, learning together uh, to put this on for them. Um, I think it's important that they see a community of believers working like that rather than just a one-to-one. It yeah. shares that sense of what God is really like when you're all working together as a family. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Excellent. Um, I should just say, too, family, family life is, is... We'll talk about small groups in a moment, but family life is... We're starting to see that as one of the groups within a wider OX2 community, a bigger community, as we've just been describing. So that... The, so that there's a sustainability to it. When these, you know, you've got a group with an excellent vision and 
you know, loads and loads of people coming, but actually it's a fairly narrow sort of age group that people get involved with. So to, to sustain meaningful relationships with those families, we need a, it needs to be embedded in a wider missional community. And what I want to say here is that clear missional vision needs to be clear but broad enough. If it's really, really narrow, you know, you've got a really, really special interest thing that's just kind of like this. It's, it's not very sustainable. It's hard for people to get involved too. And mutual community vision needs to be broad enough but clear enough that it is sustainable and purposeful. So those are five uh, characteristics of missional communities. Um, let me tell you... Um, a couple of stories from friends in other places that just start to fill this out. Because I'm trying to do a mixture this morning of stories and just some, a little bit of teaching on some of the, some of the shape of it. Um, we say so we've got friends in other, many other churches around the UK and, and beyond that are, are learning lessons on this family on mission thing together. And uh, there's one story here that from a, a, some friends of ours in a church in Leicester that, uh, where they realised that they were just running events... They were a group running events. They were a ministry team or maybe a house group running events. But they weren't sharing life with people. And they, this, this little story describes the transition they went through. And this helps us understand this mission as a community thing. So this is a group um, in this church in Leicester that were trying to prov- do some provision for special needs children. Um, initially, they ran a gathering for carers and children. So they were running this kind of event, a bit like family life, I guess, um, the problems they identified was there was lots of effort on the event. Um, the helpers, those of them running the thing, didn't want to be a community really. They wanted to run that thing. And there was lots of time serving the children and no real time to get to know the parents. And so for, for those reasons, they, they, they were just running a great event. They weren't forming community. It wasn't a missional community. It was an event they were running. So they stopped running the event. Half the team left immediately. Um, but they realized that community is a demonstration of God's presence. This is what George was just saying to us. There's something about the power of community. Um, and so they started to, to just share life, have meals, hang out with people that they'd met through this, this event and started praying for people. God started to give prophetic words and prayer insights. And this kind of opened up deeper relationships. And, they, and then social events started to happen and... And they were very clear with people. They were praying for them. We're Christians. We want to pray for you. We want God's blessing on you. Is this blessed to be a blessing? They wanted God's blessing. And so a number of people who wouldn't see themselves as Christians started to be part of their community, see themselves as part of this missional community, even though they weren't yet. That, that's a picture. It's, again, it's a, it's a partial picture, but it's a picture of missional community at work, realizing that simply running missional, missional events is not what we want. We want to build community. We want to have time to hang out with people, share life. Um, uh, I believe there's other stories for the moment. So we've been talking about um, five characteristics. I want to look now at four attitudes that are important to make missional community work effectively. The first attitude is that we are family. We have to come to this thing. As a, as a member of a missional community, I have to go, This I want to build family. I need to deal with the individualism that is in me. I'm an individualist. Um, that's just, just, I want to say it's just how I am, but it, God wants to redeem that. God wants to make me part of community effectively. We said earlier, family should be a place of safety, security, nurture, growth, identity, belonging, words like that. I need to 
I'm speaking about myself, I need to, to change my default so that rather than going, oh, it's all about me and Jesus, I need to go, it's how do, I, how do I find this in community? How do I learn to pray? Part of the answer is doing it with others rather than just going, oh, I need to learn to pray myself before I can um, you know, do that with others. Um, Steve was talking about discipleship last week. Who was here for Steve last week? So Steve said, actually, part of learning to be a disciple is finding a place in community. Rather than just going, I can do it on my own, me and Jesus, find a place in community. We can be a, um, a community of disciples learning together. Stuart's word a minute ago, Stuart Larkin's word about the beachhead. I thought that's, that is similar. Part of moving on from that beachhead, we often get to a beachhead in Christian life. We, we make a commitment. We kind of get a bit stuck. Part of moving on from the beachhead is doing it with others. Other people, they, they see your blind spots. They help you. They pick you up when you've fallen down. Being in community is a much more robust place. So coming to missional community and seeing this is a family, this is not just an event I go to once a week, whatever the pattern is, but, you, but it's seeing this as a community, people that can do me good, other people, relationships that can do me good. So to see ourselves, to, to come to missional community with an attitude of family is the first thing to say. The second word I want to put up is crew. We are crew. Now, this is really, this deals with consumerism. Rather than coming to Sunday services and thinking, that was very good, or well, that wasn't very good. Actually, we're participants. Many years ago, there was a prophetic word brought brought to the church that basically said, are we content to be passengers in the ship, or are we willing to step up to be crew? playing an active part. I think that's still a very pertinent word for us in our culture. Are we prepared to be crew or do we just want to be passengers? Um, I'm going to show you another little video clip just to get you thinking about this. This is probably, this Jacques put me onto this, so blame Jacques if you don't like it, but um, uh, this is probably best described as spoken word performance art. Um, it's probably poetry, but it doesn't sound very poetic to me being a bit of a Luddite, but... Um, um, see what you think. Um. If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. You ever heard that statement? If you fail to plan, then you plan to fail? Yeah. Well, this is a statement that's common among father-in-laws, Microsoft Excel users, Black Friday consumers, and baby boomers. And although this statement can be considered a creative killer... The truth is, we're failing. We're failing because we're the byproduct of our culture. We live in a fast food reality. This freelance, fly by the seat of our pants, I'll get to it when I get a chance mentality. We all do it. But I wonder if we realize that the lack of planning is simply a symptom of a greater issue among a greater system. It's a philosophic worldview that screams, I really don't care about you, or at least I care too much for my own plans to be considerate of plans for you. It's sinful. And sometimes this seed of sin begins to manifest itself in Christian community, and as a result, we are failing in our plans of evangelism and discipleship opportunity. We don't assume responsibility because we assume other people will pick up the slack. We trust that these repeat-after-me type prayers are sufficient to get them on track. So it's no wonder that among professing Christians, pantheism and pluralism is so popular. And it starts to make sense now how postmodernism inside the church is even possible. And if you don't believe me, then I suggest you survey almost any church 
in any city on any given Sunday. Ask them to define the gospel. Ask them to define faith. Ask them to define the chief end of mankind or ask them why is God so great. And you'll probably hear a little bit about hope, but mostly humanism. A little bit of mysticism mixed with a whole lot of moralism. Now, if that doesn't cause you concern, then you're probably still of the mindset that it has nothing to do with us. But listen, it has everything to do with us. Because we're not doing our jobs. We're not being obedient to God's call. We have assumed that the Great Commission is optional, and as a result, we have broken God's law. So how do we deal with this discipleship dilemma? Well, it starts with confession, a profession of our rebellious indiscretion, and owning up to our sin of selfishness, repentance, and remembering redemption. Having an understanding that before time began, there was this unfolding of this inner Trinitarian plan, that God the Father had a plan for you, a plan that required the Son of Man to purchase you, this plan that started the moment the Holy Spirit imparted life to you. We call this plan, Plan A. What a miraculous and meticulous arrangement that God would step beyond his boundaries to display the beauty of his blueprint. See, we got to go back to Plan A. But to get back to Plan A necessitates a plan. Or at least a sense of planning. And your commitment level to Plan A, if committed rightly, will help you understand that by proxy there cannot be Plan B. Christ has charged all Christians to be a part of his cosmic composition. May God grant us forgiveness for our lack of interest and help us to faithfully fulfill without fail his great commission. I found that quite challenging when um, it was passed on to me. We don't assume responsibility because we assume other people will take up the slack. Strikes me as the spirit of the age. And something, if mission communities are going to work, if church as family, as, if we're going to work as crew, we need to uh, assume responsibility. The third uh, attitude we need for mission communities to be, to be effective is that of being missionaries, see ourselves as missionaries. Let me explain this. Some of us We'll see, think this is a bit odd. Well, aren't missionaries those people that go to foreign places and, and do the stuff? Um, you know, Christianity is no longer the dominant worldview for people in the UK. We're, we're, a number of Christian leaders would say we're living in a missionary culture now in, in the West, and we need to see ourselves that way. There's a whole number of missionaries actually here this morning, missionaries that are back for a while, maybe missionaries that are here for training, maybe missionaries that have come back for the time being. Um, I know many of them. They're all very different in what they do for work. Some of them are engineers. Some of them do language learning. Some of them lead adventurous activities. But they're there for mission. That's their motive. Whatever work they do, there's a motive of mission to meet people and help them understand the gospel. God is calling us to have a missionary mindset in in the church, in the West uh, today. And that is a critical thing for, for mission. Missional communities are not just about coming and having your needs met. They're a place, a family of missionaries, to use one of those phrases someone used earlier. A family of missionaries. And Kate's picture this morning about the ships, different kinds of ships, spoke of an adventure of mission. Didn't there? There's a call from the Spirit again to that adventure 
of mission as a community. Uh, there's a picture. That, later on, we're going to give you a little booklet. Steve's written a little booklet about missional communities, which, we'll, which we'll, you'll get towards the end. But in there, you'll find this diagram. Um, let, me ju- let me just explain it. But on the left, you see a picture. We, we talked about this earlier when we talked about family and mission, but life plus mission, maybe, is one way of looking at mission. On the right, you've got life as mission. Whatever we do in terms of eating, celebrating, listening to people, blessing people, whatever, it's about life as mission, seeing life as overflowing. Um, we had a, a prophetic word given for, to us for the OX2 missional community uh, six months ago um, from someone about a wine club. The picture was of a private wine club. You know, There were some of us sharing the best wine, but it was a private wine club. And the, the word from the Spirit was, that was not how God wanted us to live as a private wine club. Um, the picture then changed. We, we're, we're down in Botley in West Oxford. So the picture was a, a shop being set up in the Botley precinct where people could come and buy wine. And the sense from the Spirit was that still wasn't right. It was still only those could afford could come and get it. And actually what the Spirit said was, take the wine out. Put a table out on, in Botley precinct. Let people come and taste the wine um, of God's purposes. And there was something there about seeing an overflow of life. Life as mission, life as overflowing mission. That is what God is after. And that is what have a missionary um, mindset has. I was going to interview one of the missionaries this morning, but decided not to in the end. But I thought, there's the, you know, whatever happens in life, there's an overflow of, of mission. That's the kind of people God wants us to be. And the last um, quality, just to say we're after, is learners we're learning Um, we're learning to live in close relationships close relationships do you good they're also a bit awkward sometimes aren't they when you people knock corners off you or you have a little little argument about something and and you have to put it right or whatever close relationship knocks corners off us in a really good way you know it's a bit awkward but there's an encouragement to come close and learn to live in closer relationships um we're learning to work together, not just be friends. We're learning to live as missionaries, as I've just been talking. And someone, was, um, someone said to me, I forget who it was, now, someone said to me a couple of weeks back, we need to think it in terms of, rather than thinking about trial and error, which says of, oh, we make mistakes, trial and improvement is a better way of, I thought that's a good little bit of wisdom there. Think about trial and improvement rather than trial and error. We will make mistakes on this journey, but see them as lessons learned and move on and, and learn from them. Going to show you uh, one more video. Just um, some, this is some friends. This is also from Leicester, as it happens. Some friends of us who, who are planting a church in Leicester called City Church Leicester. Some people from our congregation have, have been a part of that. Um, just to, they're talking a little bit about the journey of learning to do mission and learning to follow God in mission as a community and see how that works. And it's interesting. You'll see that there. The ideas they thought that we would work out, uh, it's, it's not the way it works out. They have to learn to follow God and learn on the journey. So this is a guy called Ben Rook. Our community that's reaching out to Iranians at the moment didn't actually start with Iranians. What happened was we simply decided that we wanted to be intentional about reaching some of the ethnic minorities in the city. And we were engaged with this idea of people of peace and we found that we managed to make a relationship with a young Indian girl who was working in a restaurant with somebody else uh, who was part of the church. And through communication with her, um, we uh, we basically invited ourselves to go to her house uh, 
and to have our gathering in her house and to eat there, um, which we did. And when we got to the house, we discovered um, that actually in her home, um, there wasn't just her, but there was a whole family living with her, um, a, a young couple and two children. So suddenly, just from one conversation with one person and an, uh, a suggestion that we come to her house, we found ourselves as a community, about eight of us, sharing a meal with five non-believers. As we went on, they were really interested in who we were and what on earth we were doing. They were incredibly warm to us, which told us they were people of peace. And the, the lady of the home told us that her son was um, quite sick. Uh, so we prayed for her son. Uh, the next day, we heard that her son had been healed. Um, and she was overawed by what happened, so much so that she wanted to come along to our meeting um, So on, on the Sunday morning. They came along on the Sunday morning, and the husband, whose job is to fix industrial knitting machines, was kind of struggling with his arm because he couldn't really raise it above about quarter height, uh, which is a problem when you fix knitting machines. So again, we prayed for him, and uh, he was healed as well. And this couple suddenly became... And this family suddenly became wide open to the gospel and we were able to lead them to the Lord really very easily. And it was through those relationships that we then began to engage with the Iranian community. So a simple story of engaging intentionally with people of peace that leads us from our world into their world rather than simply inviting them into, back into our world, following the trail, building relationships, looking for opportunities for the supernatural and seeing God move. One yeah, great story, I think. Uh, but it, really a learning to follow God in this thing. They started off not intended to reach a particular people group, but actually f- following the trail that God put before them. I think that's a great phrase, following the trail. Uh, just, coming, oh, what's that doing there? Um, just coming into land a little bit. Um, so last thing to say is that habits, what does this look like then? We've talked about some of the... Um, about some of the characteristics we've talked about some of the attitudes what what talk about some of the habits and patterns what does missional community look like the first word i want to put up there is suitable so it's disappeared off the side that says suitable believe it or not um we're not talking about one size fits all every missional community will look different and needs to look different a missional community should be shaped by the people you're trying to reach and the people that you are um, so if you've got a community of, that's in suburban middle class area, that's going to look quite different from a community of urban young professionals with a certain lifestyle or in a deprived estate. Those, are all, those groups all need to look utterly different. Um, we're not trying to clone a kind of Starbucks model of church here or something. It's, it's, it's finding a community of people and then looking for the shape, the patterns, the habits that work in that context. So people sometimes say to me, well, what does a missional community look like? And my answer is, well, it's a bit complicated because they all look different. I can't tell you. There's no blueprint. It's about going and exploring and following God and seeing what happens. So the, your, the habits and patterns for your group should be suitable to what God is leading you to do. The second word, pair of words to use is organized and organic. What we mean by this is that um, you could see a kind of spectrum. At one end, there's organized. At the other end, there's organic. Activity that is structured and organized and planned activity that is relational and just organic and just happens as it happens um, and if we go back to our thinking about our natural family our natural extended family um, we could put a whole bunch of different kinds of interactions family interactions on that spectrum you know, a family wedding weddings and those kind of 
great occasions are probably among the most organized in a natural family. They're planned in detail for months. Um, everybody knows where they've got to sit. You know, they're thoroughly planned. Um, family holiday can be a bit more planned. You've got to book well in advance. Christmas is probably fairly well planned because there's lots of politics to try and get right about who you go and see when and all this sort of stuff. So those are the kind of more organized spectrum. Sending a text message to someone saying, how are you doing this morning? Is pretty un- it's a pretty organic sort of thing to do. All of that is valuable. And it, makes the, it, it together makes the tapestry of family life. Um, if family was just about weddings and Christmas, it would be pretty f- um, formal, wouldn't it? But if it was just about odd text messages and the odd, odd conversation, it would be, you wouldn't actually ever see the wider family. And you can see where this is going. It's the same with missional communities. We need the whole spectrum in a missional community. A missional community is not a weekly meeting, as the guys said earlier. But weekly meetings, are, they're on the organic end of the spectrum. There's something we need. You might go for a walk together uh, with the whole group. That's going to take a little bit of organisation because you've got to find, agree a day and find a walk that's suitable from everyone from this size down to old granny or whatever. You've got, you've got, to, you've got to find something that's suitable for everybody. Um, just keeping in touch, touch, sending text messages. All of that forms the, the fabric of missional community life. Um, and... What I want to say is we need to proactively create culture. We can't just um, go, oh, we just do church small groups on a Wednesday night. We need to create the sort of culture. Which, so one of the things we're trying to do in our missional community is we, with the leaders, we've said, let's, let's, let's create a pattern called just tea. Just tea means what it says on the tin. Just do tea. Have someone around from whatever works, whatever it is for you, 5.30 to 7, whatever the slot is in your family. Everyone's got to eat anyway. It doesn't take any time out. It's not like you have to spend the whole evening together, but just do tea. Get that into the week, a weekly habit. Let's, let's create, let's, let's find simple, sustainable ways of creating the kind of family, extended family culture we want to create. In it. That's just one example. There's lots of other examples. But, um, habits and patterns for missional communities need to be about the small and the large. One of the... Uh, bits of scripture that stood out to us it was about it was this time last year really when we started trying to get our heads around the groups to the west of the city ox2 as it's become and we were drawn to a passage in the story of nehemiah where um you probably some of you will be familiar with the story nehemiah is a guy that comes back to his homeland, finds the city in disrepair, starts to rebuild the wall he gets the different families rebuilding the parts of the wall around where they live, so sort of helpfully playing to self-interest. I guess if the bit of the city wall near you is is um, solid, it's, you're less likely to get an attack to yourself. But um, working together, and then as they started to get under pressure from their enemies who didn't want them to rebuild the wall, he he had them. Um, he had one guy with a trumpet who blow the trumpet. Well, if there was an attack over here on you know Jesse's bit of the wall, someone would blow the trumpet, and we'd all rush over there with us. And the guys were working with a building trowel in one hand and a spear in the other hand. This picture of people being ready to stand together around the city wall, but building their bit. I think that's a great picture of what God wants in the larger missional communities. Of we're standing together, we have a common vision for the city wall. But actually, God is calling us to be, be busy about a certain part of that wall. Um, and there's, the leaflet you'll get in a minute talks a little bit more about small groups. I'm not going to labour that one now. Um, the, the fourth thing about habits is they need to be flexible. They need to change, that means, from time to time. Um, 
we're not setting up a pattern of Wednesday night meetings for here to the kingdom comes. We're, we're, we're building family. What, does it, what kind of patterns and interactions does our family need at this stage? The patterns and habits we had when our kids were toddlers would be utterly dysfunctional now if we were still living that way as a family of, of teenagers. That's, you change. Your, your family habits change. Um, if I was a missionary in I don't know, China or something and I was involved with a particular... Let's say I was involved with a youth program and the authorities shut the door unilaterally on the youth program and said, you can't do that anymore, would I go, oh, I ought to go back to the UK then, woe is me? I don't think so. I'd probably go, ah, I need another opportunity. Let's find a new opportunity to reach out to these people. The youth program's shut, let's find another opportunity. We need that spirit of flexibility as, as a people, of, as a community of missionaries. That we're flexible and we're trying things out. We're giving things a go. That will mean some, some things don't work and we have to move on, but let's be a people who innovate and experiment in our families. Um, just five little indicators um, of a healthy missional community. Are we eating together? Are we playing together? Are we praying together? Are we sharing stuff? Um, are we living missionally? Those are five, in, you know, perhaps you could say each week, have I, have I eaten or prayed or played or shared or lived missionally somehow with the people in my missional community? Those are good, good sort of indicators. Okay, let's just talk about how it's actually working now then. So it's all been a very nice bit of theory. How is it actually working in Oxford Community Church at the moment? The at the moment is quite important because I just said it's flexible and changes. But, so today, how is it working today? Um, there are a number of... Well, there are sort of three main areas of the city where we have missional communities. I'll come to some other things in a minute. Um, OX2... Uh, west of the city, Botley, West Oxford, Cumnor. There's a, a missional community there which has a number of smaller groups doing different things. East side, we'll talk about east side in a moment in a bit more detail, but there's a, there's a, a missional community that's working on the east of the city and, and there's what we're calling Melting Pot, which is Keith's responsible for at the moment, which is a, there's three, there have been three smaller missional communities in that area that we're just going through a process of transition and change. We're trying to say, what is God saying? We have been through a similar melting pot in OX2 over the last six months. We, from last summer, we, have, we, we saw ourselves very much in that melting pot. God is doing something different. Um, there are then three churches that we're connected with. And what I'm starting with here is the, the, the groups that have a geographical focus. Okay? So there's then a, a group that overlaps with OX4 Eastside, Lee's Community Church. Um, we planted that a number, number of years ago. Uh, there's a church plant in Kidlington and there's a church in Bicester, which is just slightly off the map there, um, that are reaching out. They're, they're, they will see themselves as churches rather than missional communities, but they're, they're doing the same. They're trying to build family on mission. Okay? And as we said, family on mission is the key thing. It doesn't matter how we get there. Um, there are then three uh, non-geographic missional communities in the church at the moment. The student missional community, uh, which, as the name suggests, is for students. Uh, the youth missional community, uh, which is for youth, it's complicated this, and edge missional community, which is for uh, sort of homeless and um, marginalised people. Um, those are all different. So we, we have a mixture of missional communities that have a geographical focus and some missional communities that have a non-geographical focus, a network of people of a similar type in the city. Um, it will be helpful in a minute, when we break for coffee in a minute, we, if you've got questions about any of these missional communities... Um, 
most of the leaders of these groups around. So can you, if you lead one of those groups, can you just stand up a minute so I can name and shame? Okay, so Keith here um, was leading the meeting, is responsible for the melting pot, which is effectively OX3. Stuart here in the middle leads Edge Missional Community, um, which is there on the left. Ruth is my wife, we lead OX2. Kate over there uh, with her husband leads Eastside Missional Community. Um, Stuart Larkin is in the building, is out with the youth. He leads the Youth Missional Community. Um, uh, James Lawton, who leads the Student Missional Community, is also out doing kids' work. Uh, I think that's it, probably. So those are our... Kate, can you just pop up, please? So can you, can you just talk to us about what's going on east side at the moment, just to help us understand some of the things God's doing in some of our missional communities? Yeah, I think the main thing that is happening to us on east side is that um, God is forming a larger missional community out of what were several smaller missional communities. Um, we... What we, what we found was that the smaller missional communities are really good at caring for one another, but it's actually in the bigger group um, that you get much more sort of momentum. And um, there's that phrase, um, you want to be small enough to care but big enough to dare. Yep. Um, and that's what we're really um, looking at at the moment, coming together as a larger group to dare to dream, really, um, of what God could do. And we were helped really... Uh, very much a couple of weeks ago, we had um, a leaders weekend to uh, sort of talk about where we were up to, what we were doing. We were really helped by a couple of prophetic words. The first one was from Hannah Walton, where she saw um, she saw some three main roads, and they were leading from a village, uh, which was where we were at, into a forest. Uh, and the sense was that we were in something familiar that was quite small. It was a village. Everybody knew each other, knew what was expected. Um, but actually we needed to go into the forest which was much more of an unknown much more we don't know what's going to happen next but the sense of the forest is that actually God's got all the the resources you need to build what you need to build and that is a challenge Um, when you're used to a smaller group when that's what uh, is you know is comfortable for you I think it's a real challenge to go into the forest and do something different so we really appreciate the way people are getting behind that prophetic word um, the second one was a prophetic word that Grace had, uh, which was from the story in the Bible of the feeding of the 5,000. And the sense was that uh, as you bring your little bit, your little loaf of bread, if you like, it gets broken up. So something happens to it that, you know, it, it changes. And that can be difficult and painful. But actually what happens is everybody does that. It all gets broken up. And, of course, the feeding of the 5,000, it feeds many, many more people. Great. Thank you, Kate. It's interesting, um, there's a theme of fresh adventure there again, isn't there, of going into the forest. And I, I have a sense this morning, there was a call from the Lord to fresh adventure, not to allow ourselves to be passive sort of consumers of church, as it were, but active members. And just really by way of conclusion, I want to say, if, if you um, have not found your place in a missional community, I really encourage you to do that. I, you're only really getting half of church life if you come on a Sunday. Uh, we're a community church. We believe in community. We're building community actively. Um, you will not get the full experience, as it were, without being part of one of those communities. So c- come and find out. Come and talk to some of us. The, the missional community leaders will be out by the welcome desk after the meeting. If you want to come and talk to us and just find out what's going on in the different groups. No, no commitment. Just come and talk to us and find out what's going on. Those of us that are in, in missional communities, I want to challenge us to live as missionaries, live as a family of missionaries, to deal with 
both the individualism that makes us not family, but also the consumerism that makes us not missionary. We, we're called to live as a family of missionaries. As, as Odd Thomas said, if we don't assume responsibility, we, we don't assume responsibility because we assume other people will pick up the slack. There's a call to man up, as it were, and step up to the challenge in God. And if some, some of us, I, I know from talking to some of us, that we feel held back from engaging missionary because it's just all a bit too much. We can't see how it fits into life. I want to challenge you to think differently about that thing, that, those circles we put up earlier about family on mission or family and mission. Think, find ways of doing life that's missional rather than seeing mission as some, some extra add-on um, to life. Thank you.